Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. The finale to Wide Receivers Week here on the show. Sleepers, sleepers, and more sleepers. If you are just joining us for the first time this week, you've got three episodes you're going to want to go back and listen to where we go through the 105 names on Jamie's list, talk about the ones that are the most notable to us, some of which we, we kind of sidebarred and put away for this show in particular. But if you want a full comprehensive breakdown, you've got three episodes earlier this week uh, to look forward to and listen to before you jump into this one, which is our sleepers, uh, guys that Jamie's super high on, guys that I think I've got uh, you know that star next to that I want to talk about as well. And so this is always one of the more fun shows for us to do because it's where we get to stand on the table for some guys, some of which aren't going to be surprising coming from me, uh, but this is our opportunity to kind of uh, put our, our our flag into the ground and say, this is a guy we're going all in for in 2023, so it should be a lot of fun. So, Jamie, as I always do, I kick it off to you. I let you start us off. I let you go off of your list, and we see where the wins take us throughout the course of the show. Yeah, so I want to categorize a sleeper in this spot as somebody that's ranked outside the top 50 wide receivers that I am significantly higher on. Uh, than other people. So uh, I want to kind of start there because there are guys I like more than others, but I want to really focus on those that are going, you know, into that wide receiver five, wide receiver six, or even further than that category. And I want to kick off somebody that we've talked about a little bit on, on our previous shows, but somebody that you're going to become very familiar with this season. And that's Alan Lazard uh, of the jets. And, you know, right now I was very surprised to see that his ADP is, is currently putting him at wide receiver 52, and I'm a little surprised by that. Uh, you know, he, he's got the connection with Aaron Rodgers. If you, whether you believe it was a suggestion, a demand, a wish list, whatever kind con- whatever noun you want to use for whatever this was, or a verb in some cases. Can I, I'm going to use one here. I'm going to use one here to, to, to emphasize something. Cause I think a lot of people incorrectly just assumed, Oh, Aaron Rodgers is now the quarterback of the New York Jets. Of course, they went out and signed Alan Lazard. Before they knew, before the New York Jets knew what they were going to do at quarterback, Alan Lazard was somebody that they already soft-circled to go out and acquire in free agency because they loved what he does in the run game as a blocker. And so he fits their vision of what they did offensively. Whether it was Derek Carr playing quarterback, whether it was Jimmy Garoppolo playing quarterback, Ryan Tannehill, Matt Stafford, or Aaron Rodgers, Alan Lazard fit what what with what Nathaniel Hackett wanted to do in 2023. So I understand people connecting the dots, but Lazard was a target well in advance of the Aaron Rodgers thing coming together. Sure, but that still doesn't change the fact that he and Rodgers are very familiar. Oh, 100%, and, 100%. And from a, a statistical standpoint and from a, a player or a quarterback receiver connection, that's exciting for fantasy managers. And I, I know Garrett Wilson's there and he had a great season, but as we talked about on our show, I would not be surprised if Aaron Rodgers leans on Alan Lazard a little bit. Alan Lazard is a quality all-around receiver as well, who's really come into his own since Devontae Adams left. Again, it wasn't that long ago, but really got that opportunity to emerge you know, as a key option last year. And I'm really excited about what he has a chance to bring. And I would not be shocked. Again, I'm not saying I'm predicting it, and I ranked Garrett Wilson higher, but I would not be blown away if, if Alan Lazard ends up having better counting numbers by the end of the year than Garrett Wilson. I think that's within the realm of possibility. Yeah, I, I would agree with that, especially because I think early, probably the first four to six weeks, Lazard might be the preferred target. Um, and because I think, Jamie, there's going to be a lot of attention paid to Garrett Wilson after what he did in year one. I I, I don't want to I don't want to invoke these names 
and, and make the comparison. But what Garrett Wilson did as a rookie in year one is similarly to the way we've talked about Justin Jefferson, Jamar yep. Chase, Jalen Waddell. That's the kind of impact Garrett Wilson was able to have as a rookie. He was the first Jets thousand yard rookie wide receiver in like 20 years. Like was it was Ke- unbelievable. Who, who was, I, I, yeah, who it was, was Keyshawn was, was the player that he beat. Like it's the only one I can think of. So, I mean, that's, that's the historic nature of what Garrett Wilson did as a rookie. And I think there's an expectation like Garrett Wilson is one of probably the 10 best young wide receivers in all football right now. And so there's oh, yeah. a tension that's going to come with that from opposing defenses. You don't think the Bills, you don't think the Dolphins, you don't think the Patriots are going to f- put a laser focus on making sure they shut down Garrett Wilson. Guess what? That opens up a lot of opportunities for Alan Lazard. And so that's where I think you can add to this and say, yeah, Garrett Wilson's still great, but I think a lot of attention is going to be paid to Garrett Wilson. He's still going to get his, but I think that opens up opportunities for Alan Lazard. Well, I think it also plays into your point about the Jets targeting Alan Lazard and even having conversations with Aldo Beckham Jr. and some yeah. others beforehand is that they they always knew that they wanted to add to this receiving core. So he is somebody that I'm looking forward to because at worst, he's the wide receiver too on an offense. I expect to have a strong passing attack this year, but I want to transition to another guy that's the wide receiver too right now. And I think we're both going to have an opportunity to talk about this team. So we could probably just do a package deal here. Okay. I want to bring up Van Jefferson. And oh, you know where I'm going to go then, so I'll let you go first. But let me talk about Van Jefferson for a second because he is somebody that I really liked coming out of college. He's had kind of a slow ish start to his career as he's kind of been built up. He was behind at one point Cooper Cup and Robert Woods and, and others there. But showed some flashes last year, and now he has the opportunity to be that wide receiver too. Now in LA, and if again, this is a big if for me, but if Matthew Stafford is healthy, or at least healthy for the majority of the season, Van Jefferson has a really good chance to take a decent amount of targets and get a decent amount of target share. And right now I have him projected uh, to be a guy that could get you 110 targets. And I know that might seem like a lot, but that ball's got to go somewhere. And we've talked about the Rams being a not, yeah, not so great team this year. Uh, awful. Gonna have to th- they're going to be awful, awful in 2023. Awful is a word as well. Yeah. So they're going to have to throw the ball a lot. And I think he's going to have the opportunity to really take that next step forward. And, you know, two years ago, he, he had 89 targets when he played the full season with Matthew Stafford. And he showed some promise, 50 catches, 802 yards, six touchdowns. He has more of an opportunity to grab a bigger target share this year and less competition for those targets this year than he had two years ago. So to me, he is somebody that you're getting almost free right now. He is going as the wide receiver 77 in ADP. I have him up at wide receiver 43. I think this is a player that has a chance, a chance to be a weekly flex play for you that you're getting at what wide receiver six, wide receiver seven territory. And I know there's another guy going down there too that you would like to take a talk about here for the Rams. But I think before you talk about Puka Nakua, there is opportunity for a second Rams receiver to be very, very fantasy relevant here. And I honestly, quite frankly, don't have a problem with you drafting both of those guys and just kind of waiting and seeing. And you get a few weeks in the season to kind of figure out if one or the other is emerging into that role. Because, yes, Cooper Cup is going to take a, a stupid amount of targets, a stupid amount. Might lead the league in targets. If he's not, he's going to be top five. But there's still going to be plenty of work for other people. They don't have, right now. Until we see, uh, we talked about Kyron Williams on, on the rookie sleep on the running. Excuse me, on the running back sleeper show. He's their only really true pass catching running back. So when Cam Akers is on the field, he's not going to get much of a target share. You know, Tyler Higby's there, but I mean, I think we've seen the ceiling for what Tyler Higby's going to be. The ball's got to go somewhere when it's not Cooper Cup. So I am really interested to kind of see who emerges as this true and Skaronic's out there for his his work in the run game and and because he's a solid run blocker. But 
somebody's going to emerge here and there's going to be somebody else that gets 100 targets on this team and I want that player. So this is where I will discuss Puka Nakua because he is my choice in the player on this Rams offensive uh, scheme that I think is in the conversation to get those 100-plus targets. And, and Jamie, I don't disagree with anything you said about Van Jefferson, but I think when discussing a player like Puka Nakua or discussing any particular rookie player, you, fi- you have to find a path. Right. I need to find a I need to logically find a path where I can say, yeah, this guy can have this role on this team. And there are times where you'll go across the league, depending on the year, depending on the player that gets drafted, where they're blocked. They're blocked by somebody in front of them. There are just two really good wide receivers in front of them. So their ceiling in year one is really only going to be the wide receiver three. And what kind of target share does that look like? Is it enough to make an impact? Are we really going to get as many touchdowns? And, and those are things, those are stumbling blocks that can be put in your way of a player having a year one impact. For me, Puka Nakua, who ADP is going as wide receiver 107, Jamie, I think the idea of Van Jefferson is better than the actual player Van Jefferson that we've seen over the first three years of his career. And so what what I mean by this, Jamie, is go on me with a journey here and tell me if you disagree with this. Could you see a scenario where, let's say, over a three or four week stretch to beginning at the beginning of the season, Puka Nakua just takes off and he really, truly emerges as the wide receiver, too? If that's the, if that's the case, is Sean McVay really going to look at the bench and say, yeah, but I got to get Van Jefferson targets. It's not like, a, oh, I got to get Tyreek Hill targets. I got to get Jalen Waddle targets. I got to get Chase, Waddle, Boyd. It, it's not that kind of situation. If a guy gets hot, it's the same thing we talked about with the Bears in their running room, running back room. Mm-hmm. If a guy gets hot, they're probably going to get the, the ball and get the opportunity to run with it. And I think Puka Nakua is good enough to be able to carve out that role in year one and be able to beat out Van Jefferson. And so it's it's a leap on my part. Um, I don't know how high I draft him. I certainly would draft him higher than wide receiver 107. I'll tell you that. Um, and, and he would be a guy that I would want to have on my team because I think there's a really good chance by the midpoint of the season we're talking about him behind Cooper Cup as that second option. Because again, I think there's a path for him to get there and there's a path for him to stay there. And th- that's the more important thing for me in year one. Can you stay in that role long term over the course of the season? And I think he can. Yeah, and I think, I think that's that's the part that you're banking on. Is yeah, that there's no, there's nobody aside from Cooper Cup in that offense that is going to demand targets over anybody else if they're able to emerge and have success so um let's move on to another another name here and i want to bring up one that is very familiar to a lot of people but i think has just been completely forgotten about in the fantasy sphere and that's uh curtis samuel in washington multifaceted wide receiver as a player they're going to use a little in a little bit of different ways you can see him in the slot you can see him outside you're going to see him take handoffs in the backfield i i think he could be a 90 target guy for for washington for sam howell and this is the team i expect to throw the ball a little bit more and you know, he is somebody that I'm really, really intrigued about. And again, I think this is we're talking, a, you know, nine, nine and a half fantasy points per game type of player. I, I'm not projecting him to be a league winner or somebody that is, you know, has a tremendous amount of upside. And, and I know obviously his Dotson and McLaurin are there. But I think Eric Bieniemy is going to get Curtis Samuel involved in a lot of different ways in this Washington offense. And I think there's plenty of value here in some of these Washington players beyond uh, just Terry McLaurin because of just – Quite frankly, it's it's a forgotten about team for fantasy purposes. So for somebody that I think can actually, when you consider the rushing element here, somebody that I think can touch, you know, 800, maybe even 900 total yards, you know, get you a handful of total touchdowns. I could see him developing into somebody that you're looking at once bye weeks come as somebody that's going to be a staple in your lineup when you're missing one or two guys every single week because of the bye. So he is somebody I want to give a little bit of a shout out to as my wide receiver 47. Right now he is going uh, outside the top 
70 uh, at the moment. Um, Robert Woods, we talked about. I, I don't want to bring that point up again, but again, an opportunity to be a wide receiver two on a team that's throwing the ball a lot, maybe even a wide receiver one, on a team that's throwing the ball a lot, but it's a bad team, so nobody wants to draft any players from him. Uh, he's another name that I, I want to bring up. And, and then we get to the deep sleeper column, and then we'll we'll uh, open up for some of your names that you, that you would like to bring up for us to discuss. Talk about the Arizona wide receivers uh, beyond Hollywood Brown, who's got some injury history. Beyond Rondale Moore's got some injury history. Zach Pascal and Greg Dortch, both guys I think can have success in this offense, both guys that can get a lot of opportunities. And, and Greg Dortch in particular is interesting because we saw it a little bit. We saw him have some fantasy success last year and get a decent amount of target share at points late last year, especially when DeAndre Hopkins was out of the lineup, which he's going to be out of the lineup for every single game for the Cardinals this year because he doesn't play for him anymore. Oh, hold on, let me just I just want to fact check that for you. Let me just let me just let me do tap on the keyboard. Yeah, it checks out. Checks out. Ah, it checks out, it doesn't have checks to out. and Zach Pascal is a little bit of like a galaxy brain for me. He was he's not even going, he doesn't even have an ADP next to his name. Like that that's how that's how galaxy brain it is for me. But somebody that came over from Philadelphia with Jonathan Gannon and has a little bit of a different skill set than those other players on the roster, a little bit of a bigger guy, maybe has some touchdown potential. And I'm very interested to see uh how he had what he does with not only a chance with Colt McCoy, but Chris, I don't know if you saw this, but you, you probably can beat your chest on this. But there was a report uh last Sunday morning. Oh, about how Clayton Toon was in the conversation. Totally smart. I tried to t- I tried to warn everybody when the pick was made. I tried to warn everybody. That's your week one starter right there. Nobody wanted to listen to me. Clayton Toon, week one starter for the Cardinals. So those those are the kind of the names that I, I will uh, I will bring up here with with a slight nod to one other name, uh, and it's Nick Westbrook Akine. Um, just simply because where else is the ball going to go? You scared me. I got a player in that range that I wanted to talk about, and you scared me a little bit. Somebody, you, thought, you thought I was going to talk about somebody else there. Okay. Oh. I, okay. I got a little scared. Okay. So that, those are the names that I brought up there. And by the way, Westbrook and Keene, wide receiver 77 for me. So this is like a last-round pick, but uh, the potential to be a wide receiver too. And more importantly, maybe wide receiver two for Will Levis at some point down the year where I think there might be some more passing volume. So again, deep sleepers there, but – Chris, I'm interested to hear some of the names that you want to talk about. Jamie, I just can't quit this guy. I just can't quit this man. And I believe he, he is in potentially the best opportunity he's had in a while to succeed. Now, he's got a rookie quarterback throwing him the football, but I love the staff. I love the direction this team's going. They have a chance to win their division. I've convinced you that this team has a chance to win their division. You are not going to tell me that I'm not going to have as one of my sleepers for 2023. Your wide receiver, 79, Terrace Marshall Jr. I can't quit him. I can't do it. I w- I'm not getting off the bandwagon yet, man. I want one more year. One more year that I'm going to go down this rabbit hole because I think he can be the wide receiver one by the end of the season. Adam Thielen is older. He's not going to yep. be able to produce that kind of numbers. There might be an opportunity for Bryce to develop a rapport. If Marshall can stay healthy, I think he could very easily be the number one receiver in that offense and just and explode on the scene. And so this is it. This is the last chance I'm giving him because it's a creative <laughs> offense that I think is going to be able to get the ball into these wide receivers' hands. This is the year. If it's going to happen, this is the year it's going to happen. Yeah, and you're not going to get an argument from me. Uh, I am a Terrace Marshall Jr. stand. Loved him coming out of college at LSU think he's got a, a really exciting skill set. He's got the size-skill combination that you'd love to see from receivers these days. Can play multiple roles on offense. Off to a slow start to his career, but he showed flashes last year. We started to kind of see some glimmers of like, okay, this is the guy we thought he might be coming out. Like you said, it has a whole new offense. By the way, a much better coaching staff. Oh, around What him. an upgrade. What an upgrade from Matt Rule coaching this guy. Upgrade at court. And by the way, it's not just Matt. It's not just um, 
Frank Reich that's there either. It's Thomas Brown. No, it's just it, losing it, Matt Rule's an upgrade. It's, it's, yeah. Doesn't matter yeah. who the coach is. And losing Matt yeah. Rule's an upgrade. So go, go, go big red. Um, so yeah, so you, you I am really excited about him this season. And again, there is room for there to be multiple like for Adam Thielen to have success and Terrace Marshall have yeah. success. And to me, if I'm looking at this of like, what does each player do well? Adam Thielen's really great in the red zone. DJ Chuck is a great field stretcher. Terrace Marshall can do everything in between. And that's what I'm really excited to see for him because you don't have a running back right now that is going to catch a ton of passes for you. You don't have a tight end that's going to catch a ton of passes for you. I really think this could be an interesting one. So he's somebody that I have about 14 spots higher than his ADP as well. And I've got I've sprinkled in a few shares of him because he's one of those guys that you kind of, I, mean, I, I kind of want to be right about, and it's taken some time. So I'll I'm take the victory lap. The It'll be a long-awaited victory lap, but I'll take it. Yeah. Don't you worry. I'm hoping you can do it. Uh, we mentioned Alec Pierce a little bit when we did the shows during the week. He's yeah. somebody that I'm super high on this year. I thought he had a really great year last year. Um, and again, I think Michael Pittman Jr. is going to serve one role on one side of the field. I think Alec Pierce is going to be on the other side of the field. And we mentioned what we talked about him earlier in the week. There's not a lot of um, depth behind him that's going to threaten that role, barring an injury. So he's going to have that role all to himself as the receiver on the other side of Michael Pittman Jr. And I think that's a huge opportunity. And Jamie, I'm going to pound the table for I think the... I'm willing to say the rookie, the, the rookie wide receiver that I am the highest on in 2023. And that is Zay Flowers. I am going to pound the table for Zay Flowers right now. Um, you have all of the Baltimore receivers pretty closely clumped together. We talked about that earlier in the week. And for me, I think when I think of upside, when I think of opportunity for Jordan Addison, there's Justin Jefferson in his way. And we've talked about how we think Jordan Addison can still be productive, but you do have Justin Jefferson. For Jackson Smith and Jigba, you have um, DK Metcalf. And Tyler Lockett. For Quentin Johnston, it's Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. And for, Zay, for Zay Flowers, it's an off-injured Rashad Bateman and an Odo Beckham Jr. coming off of a major yeah, knee injury. If any of those rookie wide receivers Devin Duvernay like this. has the best opportunity to hit the ground running, it's Zay Flowers. In an offense that's going to be different, in an offense that's going to throw the ball a lot more, this is a guy that I'm going to pound the table for. You have him as wide receiver 57, Jamie. I think the interesting note here for the listeners of this show, his ADP is actually lower than that. He's going as wide receiver 63 in ADP. Um, I can't get there. Well, no, sorry. No, I think you've had the opposite way. He's I did the math 51. wrong. He's wide receiver 51. But still, that's outside that's the still That's still too high for me. So where where would you uh, – obviously, I know my rankings are going to be different, but where do you feel – give me a, a range. Are you, sure. are you drafting him as just, oh, I'll take him in the wide receiver four? Or do you think you like, I'm willing to take him as high as like a low-end wide receiver three? Am I willing to take him inside the top like 36 wide yeah, receiver? Yeah, uh, you're well, – you're te- I mean, you're telling me, Jamie, that it's it's unfathomable to you that he can't be wide receiver 35 to 45? It's not unfathomable. High I'll end, be honest with you. Low-end wide receiver three, top flex option coming off, off yeah, the I board? Mean, like – it's to a, be honest, any receivers in the top 60 could end up there. That's like, that's such high upside. Like I'm yeah. because at that point, if I'm making the pick, because right now he's his wide he's wide receiver 51. So he's squarely in the wide receiver four, wide receiver five conversation, right? Wide receiver five. Yeah. If you're take if you're discussing Zay Flowers as your wide receiver five and you're thinking about it for more than two seconds, you're out of your mind. And that's that's why he's a sleeper to me. Because as a wide receiver five, you've you then tell you're telling me you have three other options that are going to start from you on a weekly basis. You can let say Flowers sit. You can take the rookie lumps of what it might look like the first couple of weeks, and you don't have to rely on him. Wait for somebody to get hurt. I feel extremely comfortable taking him as my wide receiver four or even as my wide receiver three because, one, I think the group is really deep this year, and I think you can get some guys late that if you needed to move Zay down your board later on after you drafted him, he becomes your wide receiver four and you don't play him every week, fine. 
But I don't know how you can't look at this situation where he has a clear a clear path over all of the other rookie wide receivers that were taken early to be the number one. In an offense, it's going to throw the ball more. I think we trust the coordinator. We trust the quarterback. We're excited to see what this team's going to look like. I, I don't know how... Like, I'm not asking you to take him as a top 24 receiver. I'm asking you to take a quote-unquote flyer on him as wide receiver 38, wide receiver 36. That's not, that's not a bad risk to take, in my opinion. So he's a guy that I'm going to pound the table for because, again, that value, man... I think I'm going to hit a home run with that value. I I really can't argue that point. Um, obviously, clearly, I have some other receivers ranked ranked above him there, but it, it's a solid point, especially if you can get him, you know, in that wide receiver four range where you're not planning on starting him right away. You can put him on your bench for a little bit and kind of see how things roll out, and you don't have to you don't have to like roll with the punches early in the year. That might come with just if everybody's healthy for Baltimore, where's the ball going to go versus like when attrition starts to come up this season or you have to see, maybe he's the guy that hits the ground running right away and becomes a really, a really solid option for Lamar Jackson. I got one more deep sleeper for you. Okay. This is another, this is another rookie. It's all, this is what I do. I just stand, I, I stand for all the rookies. I, I or Zay flowers, uh, who, what other rookie does Puka Nakua. I've got a third one here for you. This is a guy that you're, I'm not telling you to run the card in, immediately when you have the opportunity to. But I think with one of your last couple of picks, if you want to flyer on a guy, or if you want to prioritize this guy as one of your top free agents after the draft, there's questions about what this offense is going to look like. It's entering a new era. But I look at this team's depth chart, and I think there is a clear path for this guy to end up being the wide receiver two in this offense. Okay. I think I know who this is. Would you like to make a it's guess? Some, it's somebody I ranked, right? It's somebody it is somebody you ranked. It's somebody in your top 105. Tank Dell. No, no. Love Tank Dell. Uh, and everything I just said about about this player could apply to Tank Dell 100%. Jaden Reed. It's Jaden Reed. And uh, there are all the concerns in the world about Jordan known. Love. And I hear you. And I understand that. But if Jordan Love is even average at quarterback this year, I think Jaden Reed is in for a decent season and could compete for the wide receiver two on this team behind Christian Watson. And, and we talked about this a little bit on, on our shows last week, but um, you got an op- or, uh, you know earlier this in the wide receiver series, and we had the conversation about how the reports coming out of campus that of the rookies running with the ones the most of Jaden Reed was one of them. There's like Reed Musgrave and a, and one, I think Malik Heath uh, were the three rookies that were running with the ones the most in OTAs. So. Uh, I'm with you. And there's a point where like, you know, and this comes back to drafting strategy a little bit, but understanding that if you, if you have any sort of like depth in your bench whatsoever, I know some leagues play with very, very shallow bench, bench spots. And then you really, you you can't take too many flyers because you need guys that you can plug and play. But if you have a league that gives you just even moderate depth, don't spend your last round pick on, you know, for example, and again, even these are guys that have ranked around, um, Jaden Reed, but guys, I would still say like once you get to the end of the draft again, you because this has to be when I do these rankings, it has to be in a, in a vacuum. I don't know how your team is drafted. I don't know how many bench spots you have. I don't know any of that. Right. So I'm, I'm ranking based on how I think they're going to do. But for example, with I got Jaden Reed at 90, I would take him with my last pick before I took Darius Slayton, who I have at 86, or Allen Robinson at 84, or because oh, the, the upside, because the upside at 83, because. If I if I know that there's a there's a really good chance I'm never going to have to play this player unless they break out, 
then I'm taking all the upside. Yep. If I have a short bench and I need guys to be like, I don't have a lot of IL spots or uh, IL. Here's the baseball. That's the fantasy baseball in you coming out. Yeah. I know. I don't have many IR spots. So I need to be able to put guys that I can, guys that can just get me through a week and get me five, six, seven points, push me through a week if I need to. Then you're taking those other guys because they have more clearly defined roles and a bigger opportunity to have success. But to your point, Chris, if you have the time to take one of these guys with your late pick and give them a chance to see if there's some upside that they can not just be bench fodder for you. Because I don't think you're ever looking at the guys like Allen Robinson, Marquez Valdez, Scantling, Darius Slayton, those types of players. You are looking at those as upside as fill-in guys very short term. Yep. You're hoping a guy like Jaden Reed might be able to emerge in the back half of the season. It's maybe a weekly flex for you. So when you're drafting late and you have some depth on your bench, those are the types of guys that you want to talk. Wide receiver week in the books. You've got it all. 105 players broken down over the last three days. Sleepers on today's show. You've got a nice catalog of content that you can go back and listen to again when it's closer and closer to your fantasy football draft. But that is not it for us this week here on the Prospects and Props podcast. We've got one more for you. Takes on takes. It's always a fun one. You take over the show. You provide the takes. You provide the questions. Jamie and I provide the reactions. That's what you can look forward to on tomorrow's show. In the meantime, please rate, review, subscribe to the podcast wherever you are listening to your podcast. While you're there, share the show with a friend, coworker, loved one. We're on YouTube Music now where you can see the show, uh, listen to it, and see the video version of the show. Speaking of the video version of the show, the YouTube channel, The Draft Network. You've got the video version of this show, TDN Daily, and all the other content that we have planned for you over the course of the summer. So you can check us out there as well. And while you're over there, please give the video a thumbs up, leave a comment, and turn on that notification bell so you know when a new episode drops over there. Uh, in the meantime, we appreciate everybody making this show a part of their day. Again, we've got one more for you tomorrow. Takes on takes. You take over the show. In the meantime, hope everybody has a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you all tomorrow. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.